We're talking today about a child dedication. And let's look at Genesis chapter 1. In order to dedicate children, one of the things that we have to understand is why are we doing it? Why are we having a dedication service? Why, why would we dedicate children? And the first thing we have to look at is what is the mission and vision of God for people? Because this mission and vision is not just for you. This mission and vision is for children as well. A lot of times we focus on that mission and vision for us, but sometimes we forget to pass on that mission and vision to our kids. We forget that God has a specific plan for them as well. Now when I say a child dedication service, you're going to find that this message will benefit you if you're a parent, but it will also benefit you if you're a grandparent. But it will also benefit you if you're a boss and have employees. Or if you're a pastor and have a congregation. Or if you are just a leader and you have anybody that you oversee, anybody where you are, are given the task of helping to oversee or to mentor or even just interact with other people. You're going to find that this message will help you in people that you interact with. So don't just see it strictly as parents to kids, but see it also as any interactions. I can bring some of these principles in. So let's understand that every person on the earth is created in the image and likeness of God, and they have a mission. And we see that in Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule. So one of the first things we see is this man is made in the image and likeness of God. Now, if, if Luke, my son, if he's made in the image and likeness of Nicole, can't he do what Nicole and I do? Doesn't he act the same, walk the same, talk the same? Now, he may have a different destiny in God, but as far as his core functions... He functions the same way that Nicole and I do because he's made in our image and likeness. We have to understand that every person on this earth is made in the image and likeness of God and they have that same core ability that God has. God has created them to speak and create. Remember right here, right before this, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be fish in the sea. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. This is why when we stand up and say, today I'm changing by the word, what are we really doing? We're creating with the words of our mouth, we're tapping into a core function that we're designed to be because we're made in the image and likeness of God and we're creating that I'm walking out of here different. I'm walking out of here blessed. I'm walking out of here out of debt. Even though I might not see it on paper yet, I've received that thing in my heart. I'm walking out of here in abundance. I'm walking out of here healed. I'm walking out of here protected. I'm walking out of here delivered. I'm walking out of here as a child of God. See, we're creating those things when we speak them. And when we speak those things, all of a sudden things start changing. Why? You can speak and the world has to change to you if you're speaking the word of God and you're speaking it by faith. Yes, you know why? Because you're created in the image and likeness of God. And then he says this, the very first part of his mission is, he says, rule, rule, have dominion. In other words, we're not supposed to let this world happen to us. We are supposed to happen to this world. 
This is what God said from the very beginning. Now, you have to understand that many people would take that kind of statement, then they'd be like, well, it better go down my way. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying it better go down God's way. And our job is to enforce God's way on this earth, right? And so you see here, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Tell your neighbor, I'm in charge of the creeps. Glory to God. Wouldn't you have liked to have known that in high school, right? And maybe you can apply it to Facebook because there's some creepers on Facebook. I'm just letting you know. But you're in charge. Everything that creeps on the earth, right? And we are in charge of... The Lord has given in Psalms 115, it says this, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth He's given to the sons of men. So the earth is within the hands of mankind. Just very quickly, that answers the question of why bad things happen right is because many people don't know that the earth is in their hands and they live contrary to what they're actually made and designed to do they don't know who they are and what their authority is they don't know that Jesus beat down the devil and then he went on to say all power and authority is given to me how much power does that leave for the devil none and so they don't realize that. They don't understand what's actually happening and in interactions in their life. And so they don't take that authority and they don't put into place their authority that God's given them. And then they fall into the symptoms or they fall into the traps of deception that the devil gives them. And what the devil's actually doing, just real quick teaching is, what the devil's actually doing when bad things happen is he's getting us to use our own authority against ourselves. He's saying, hey, let me put this little bit of sickness on you or let me put this lack on you or let me, let me start tempting you with you know, uh, bad things happening in your life. And then if we'll say, oh no, I'm coming down with something. We just spoke opposite and contrary to what the Word said. And because we're made in the image and likeness of God, we just created the problem by receiving the symptom. So when we start to understand that that's not who we are, that's not where God left us, that the enemy is already defeated, he's got no power left, then all of a sudden we'll start to operate in the mission that God's given us. Well, we need to be teaching our kids this. We need to be teaching people, you know, if we're a boss, we need to be teaching our employees this. You know, I'm not talking about force feeding them. I'm talking about living the life that makes them say, what are you doing? Because I need what you got. I need to be walking like that. So it goes on to say, verse uh, 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them. God, God does not want to leave us and say, okay, go do this, but not give us the empowerment or the blessing to go. He says, look, I'm calling you, I'm making you in my image, I'm calling you to a task, to a mission, to a vision, and I'm going to bless you to give you the ability to go make it happen. I'm going to give you a vision for your life, a destiny for your life, and I won't leave you without giving you the tools. He blessed mankind. You realize there's a blessing on mankind that many people are not walking in because they just don't know that God's done it. 
And so they don't, they don't expect for the blessing of God to manifest. They don't expect. And you see a church that's just you know, beat up, broke, busted, and disgusted because they don't know what God's done, what he said. They don't know the word. I think back about the, uh, when Jesus said it to the Pharisees. He said, you do err not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. You err not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. Then he says this. He says, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Man, this is some big stuff. Be fruitful. In other words, take this blessing, be fruitful, multiply this blessing all over my creation. Uh, another verse in Psalm says that he has given us a power over everything he's created, over all his creation. He says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. With the blessing of God, with the heart of God. With, he, Jesus said it again over in Matthew 6 when he was teaching us the Lord's Prayer. He said, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Then he makes this statement. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What was he saying? He was saying the same thing he was saying here. Heaven manifest in the earth. And whose job is it to pray that prayer? Ours, believers. It's our, it's our job to pray that prayer. Well, we need to be speaking this in our children's life too. We need to be speaking the blessing of God. And then he says this, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it or have dominion over it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over everything that moves on the earth. Now, you have to understand that in order to understand what are we doing with our kids. What are we called to do? We're called to be a steward of our children, but they're not just our children, they're, they're God's children. And as God's children, they're made in His image, and as God's children, they have a destiny. They have a purpose. They have a plan, not our plan, but God's plan. And what we want to do as parents is we want to tap into God's plan for our kids and get them put on that path. Let's look at some more scriptures here. Let's look at Jeremiah 1. God has good plans for all of us if we will walk with them. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. This is not Jeremiah the bullfrog. This is, or the one that had the bullfrog. This is Jeremiah the prophet. Chapter 1 and verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So see, Jeremiah was appointed and known by God before he was ever even formed in the womb. Before he was ever even formed in the womb. I want you, this is something really neat I saw and I read about this week. And uh, uh, Deb was telling me she's heard about it too. Is, I just read this this week, so cool. Uh, isn't God and Jesus known as light, right? He is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning or no shifting shadow. He's the Father of lights. See, this is a good question that we have to ask. Whose kids are they? Are they ours or are they God's? Well, they can be both, but whose are they first? 
Would they be here without God? No. He's the one who breathes life. He's the one who breathes life in, into that fetus when, it, when uh, it, conception happens. He is the one. They, I just read this report this week that the moment, the, the moment that conception happens in that egg and that seed, the moment it happens, there's a flash of light. <laughs> Glory to God. Right then is a flash of the Father right there at that egg and that seed. Boom, he breathed. <laughs> Just like he breathed into Adam. Yeah. A flash of light and life begins. Yeah. Now we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, abortion and you know, it's being talked about. And we talked about Bible, looking at it from a Bible example. Listen, God knows those kids before they're ever even formed. And he's the one who breathes life. It's not us who breathes life. It's God who breathes life. And that flash of light and life. Boom, 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 boom. Right then, all of a sudden it starts going to work. Glory to God. God knew. Listen, not only did God know your child before they were born, but he had a plan for them. Before they were born. If you go on down into Jeremiah 29 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you. Understand that these are not just plans for you, but these are plans for your kids too. To give you a future and a hope, to bring you to welfare or a good plan and not for calamity, right? These are the plans that God has for every person that He breathed life into. Everyone, your children, your workers, your employees, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Amen? Amen. Children are a part of that plan and blessing. I want us uh, to look, let's go over to uh, Matthew 12, verse 46. Matthew 12, 46 through 50. I think that sometimes we miss the importance of this. Matthew 12, 46 through 50. I'll read this in the New Living. And let me, I, I wrote this down just as a statement. And just think on this. Are children made in your image? Yeah, somewhat. But are they made in God's image? Oh yeah, we know that for sure. I mean, they may look like Nicole or I. Praise God, I hope they look more like Nicole. But even if they don't, they do look like God. And I, I wrote this down. Now, I want you to start paying attention to something. Are they more yours or are they more God's? Because if we get that out of line, we start to plan for our children on our beliefs and our plans instead of His. We'll start to put His plans below when we need to be putting His plans above. And I, I wrote this, I just said, your children were made in the image of God before they were made in your image. Just let that hit you. They were made in His image before they were made in yours. Matthew 12, 46 in the New Living says this, As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, His mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to Him. Now this is His physical flesh and blood. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. And then Jesus asked and he said, now understand that is he speaking on his own accord or is he speaking by the Holy Ghost? 
He's speaking by the Holy Ghost. He's speaking Holy Spirit inspired words. It's important to understand because I think a lot of people will, well, their, their blood, their blood. Well, this was his blood. And what did he say about it? He said this, Jesus asked, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Then he pointed at his disciples or he pointed at the people that were going after God with them, the family where God had planted him. And he said, look, these are my mother and brother. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, what you see here is you don't see Jesus tearing down the family unit. What you see is Jesus recognizing the fact that we're spiritual family first and then we're physical family second. Right, And you start to understand that there's a blood. And you, in order for our kids to be formed, they have a piece of our blood in them. But there's another blood that's stronger than that blood that was shed on the cross. And our kids are designed to be a part of that blood first and foremost and our blood, blood second. And when we understand that as parents, what we can start to do is say, look, all right, we're not going to take our plans and what the world has taught us First, we're going to say, Lord, this is your child. How can I raise them correctly? And if we don't understand that, then our whole plan and path as a parent is going to be off track from the plan of God. And then all of a sudden what we're going to see is we're going to see that life take a, a plan off path from God's plan and the blessing won't be on it. How many people want your kids or your grandkids or even the people around you to be on God's path and be on God's plan? Because you know if they're on God's path, you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto them. All these things. But you got to make sure that you are helping that path stay straight, stay clear, keep on God's path. How many parents do you know, you know, they're telling their kids at early age, hey, well, when you grow up, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. You know, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. But here's the question. Have you heard that from God? Or did you just want that? And, and you're going to go here and study here. You're going to go over here and do this. Have you heard that from God or did you just want that? And that's where it comes into as we're raising our kids, we got to say, Lord, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And so one of the things recently, uh, we had a situation with Abigail uh, where she, she likes taking pictures. She's taking pictures today. And uh, so she's, she likes that. We even made her a website. You know, you're official if you make a website. And, so, and, then, and she made a website for taking photos. She started getting people to ask and everything. She started even wanting, desiring to take classes to learn more and do this. And she was studying online. She's doing different things. And then about that time, there's one day we're having a service. Remember, those services, that's where the word, the foolishness of preaching and a word can breathe life into something in your life. Right there, I prayed for her one day. I just laid hands. I didn't know what God was doing. But when I prayed for her, she had a vision instantly. She's had it a couple of times now. And in that vision, she saw herself on a platform and she was ministering to thousands of youth. Thousands of youth. All right, so here's the question. Like, she could go after photography or business or whatever thing she wanted to do, and she'd probably be successful at it, at, it, at least minimally, you know, uh, because I think she could, she could be successful at whatever she set her mind to. 
And in school, she should, could plan for that track. But then the Lord brought this up to me. He said, he said, wait a minute. He said, which vision is she going after? And he had me bring it to her and give her the choice at 16 and say, look, here's the thing. Have God given you a vision for photography or has he given you a vision? What has God said? Because that's the plan. That's the, the place where he gives you vision. He'll give you provision. And we don't need to get on because, look, you know, her preaching to thousands of people, I don't know where that might lead her. But it's, not, it's definitely not the world's plan of prosperity. It's not how the world would say, oh, this is how I'm going to become prosperous. I'm going to get up and be a preacher. No, they would say go to school, have a trade, do this, do that. That's what the world would do. So Nicole and I as parents had to face the fact. All right, is this the smart thing? Are we withholding something back? And I'm telling you, when you trust God to be the source and provision of your life, not just for yourself, but for your kids as well, you understand the best thing she can ever do is follow God's word for her life. Not what we think, not what the school thinks, not what the world thinks. Lord, what do you think? And we have to say, that's the best thing. So whatever it takes to fulfill that, that's what you need to give your energy to. That's what you need to give your effort to. That's where you need to go. And so as a parent, we need to understand that in raising our kids and dedicating them to the Lord, we make sure that we are following God's plan and His vision, not our own. All right, now let's look quickly at Psalm 127. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. Psalm 127 and verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Or they are in pride. They're in vanity. If God's not the builder of the house, the person who's trying to build it, they're in pride. Well, the Word tells us over in the New Testament, it says that those that are in pride, they're in opposition to God. Are they going to win? No, you find yourself going the opposite direction of God. You're not going to win that, that walk, right? You're not going to win that motion. So we've got to make sure that we hand the building of our life over to the Lord. Well, have you ever thought about this? I've got to make sure as a parent that I don't try to build the house for my kid. Because if I try to build the house for my child... If I try to make them do what I want them to do, I'm building the house. It's going to fall. It's going to be in opposition to the Lord. God needs to build the house for our kids the same way that he built it for us. We're here in this building. We're doing God's work. Why? Because God gave us a vision as we grew with the Lord. But she's got to understand that she's going to be where she needs to be by hearing from the Lord as well. Not because we think she should be doing a certain thing. We need to find out what that plan is and let God build the house for our kids as well. Keep on going. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Listen, if you...
try to protect yourself. You understand right now, uh, you, let's say that Mr. Jeff sitting there on, on the last row there, let's say that he decided uh, he wouldn't do this, but let's say that he decided he's going to go and harm Abigail sitting back there about 20 feet away. Well, guess what? And Abigail's like, what? And uh, guess what? If he decided that, I can't get there in time. Yeah, the security guys come through the door when I start talking like this. Amen. Hey, thank you, John. Anyway, no. So I couldn't get there in time. I'm limited. I'm a limited protector. But I know before that happens, the hand of God would come down and protect her. Because unless the Lord watches her life, the city of her life, I'm watching in vain. How many parents, they're trying to do everything to protect their kids, but they're not truly depending on God to be the protector. We've, we've got to put our lives and our children's lives in his hands, and we've got to say, when I go in there and I try to do it physically and logically, I'm probably going to mess it up. And you can become even like Job, who said, the thing I feared the most has now come upon me because the fear drops the faith and then the faith drops the shield of protection. There's a hedge of protection and we have to understand that I as a parent can get so involved in trying to protect my kid, I can get overprotected, I can get in fear and now I'm not in faith and now I've literally opened the door for that stuff to come. This is how we help our kid grow up the way that they should go. Keep going here in verse 2. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. In other words, if you keep thinking that it's all going to happen by your own doing, uh, you're mistaken. It's vain. It's pride. It's vanity. And listen, I'm not saying that you don't work hard. We do work hard. But we don't work hard based off of the worldly thinking. We teach our kids that you work hard at every breath out of the mouth of God because it's by His Word that you will eat and have life to the full till it overflows. And when you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. All we got to do is hear from Him and be willing and and obedient. That means not only do it, but want to do it. Right. right? Yeah, God ever told you to do something and you were thinking, I don't know if I want to do that or not. <laughs> I've had lots of them. <laughs> yeah, but see, when we're willing and obedient, not just obedient, but we've gotten our heart to the place where we say, Lord, I want to do what you do. Well, see, we need to be teaching our kids this. Lord, I want to be willing and obedient. I might not want to go do this thing, you know. Here, here's a situation. Abigail's had it, and I don't know how the Lord will lead her with this, but for years, she's had a heart to go to Africa. Well, what do you think that makes me feel like as a parent? Well, let's just pray about that, Abigail. Let's just wait on the Lord, make sure we've heard from the Lord. And yes, she does need to hear from the Lord. But I'm telling you, from a logic standpoint, that if we let it, that can bring up fear. Go to Africa? I've been to Africa. And it's interesting. It's an interesting place. It's not a place that I want to bring my family, much less my little girl. But you've got to understand, if God sends her to Africa, that's the most protected place she'll be. She'll be more protected there than she'll be sleeping in her own bed at home. Now that blows logic, our worldly physical logic, out of the water. 
But when you understand who God is and what he is, you start to realize, hey, look, if he tells her to go, and she'll, what we're teaching her is to hear at the right time how to go, what to do and when to do it. Not just what. A lot of, a lot of uh, believers immaturely, they just hear what God wants them to do and don't realize he wants them to pray it out. He hadn't told them when yet. We're teaching her how to hear from God and how to be led by the Holy Ghost because it says the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so she's a child of God and she has a right to be led by God. So I'm not sitting there trying to protect her from everything. I'm trying to teach her you hear from God and then you be willing and obedient to go make it happen. And that will empower her to be the greatest woman of God that she can be. Now she'll be on God's plan, on God's path, and she'll fulfill not our destiny, but God's destiny for her. We've got to understand that we don't just work hard just because the world told us to. We work hard at what the Lord told us to do. When he tells us to do it. It says, Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. You know, that's a thinking that's kind of been broken down in our society today. Like, we're like, you know, I mean, if you mention, you know, have another child to a lot of adults, they're like, oh, dear Jesus, get behind me, Satan, you know. I mean, like, we're, that's kind of the thinking today. Like, they see the cost and the responsibility and another 20 years of having to take care of that dependent, you know. Dear Jesus, get behind me, devil, you know. And, but God says... They're a gift. Like I'm making some people nervous just talking about this. I just, this will be fun for me. Like there's babies happening right now in Boomerang. So like let's see how fast somebody can run out the door. <laughs> see who we're really talking to. Like there's a couple, you know, things are happening here. And uh God's breathing new life in some bodies, you know. But it's at his will, amen. Lord, if you want it, okay. But we need to understand that we're not to take fear into anything. We're, oh, you've got a plan? Okay, then it's your plan. Let's hear from you. you know, how do you know? My brother said one time they were, about the, they were talking about having another baby, and him and his wife, they were both sitting there going, uh-uh, don't want another baby, mm-mm. And the Holy Ghost said, how do you know I don't have an eternal purpose for that new baby? Whoo. He said, how do you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, how do you know I don't have an eternal purpose for that baby that I want to be born? Wow. Have you ever thought that? I never thought about that. But man, it opened up my eyes. Now, don't just take that word and just go put it into action. Like, hear from God first. Like, some of y'all are like, all right, let's go have a new baby. Amen. Like, get out of your head. Let's hear from God first, all right? Amen. That's funny. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, listen to this, verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when, they're, when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now here's what I want you to see. Watch this. This is so important. When we're talking about dedicating our children to the, to the Lord, he says this. Children are like arrows in the quiver of a warrior. Not the quiver of an office worker. 
a warrior, somebody that knows what to do with them. Children, how blessed is the man who has a large quiver, who has lots of kids. But I want you to see this. When he relates them to arrows, he's saying this. The parent's job, the grandparent's job is to put that child on target. That parent's job is to pull back and release them with power of God to hit that target. The parent's job is to get the general direction and destiny and it's not the arrow's job to point itself, it's the warrior's job to point that. So as parents, what we need to be doing is we need to be saying, Lord, What's this? That's exactly what I was doing when I brought it up to her. And I said, what vision has God given you? What I'm doing is I'm helping point to where God wants it to be. I'm not letting her run off and point herself. See, I, so many times in church I hear this. You know, people be like, well, my kids just really like this church, so that's where we're going. Who gave them the right to make that choice? You're the warrior. They're the one pointing. You need to be listening to God. It says God has placed the members in the body where he desires, not where your children desire, not where you desire, where he desires. He's placed you in a church, in a body, in a field that's producing a crop where he desires. You don't have the right to listen to your kids on that or listen to your own flesh on that. You need to hear from God. God, where do you want us to be? God, where do you want my children to be aimed? Now you have to understand this. Your job is to aim, empower, and release. And as soon as they're... So think about this. Hear from God. Take your children up. Whoo, yeah, you feel it? Take your children up. Aim them. Empower them. How you do that? You get them in a body that understands how to walk in the power of God. Walk in the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Knows how to walk in abundance, not in lack. Knows how to walk in divine health and healing. Not beat up, broke, busted, and disgusted. They, they're bold with the word of God. They're bold. They know how to win souls. They know how to make disciples. They're empowered. The bow of your life, it's empowering them so that when they hit 18, when they hit an adult, and listen parents you got to release and as soon as you release they're out of your control you might can help help but you've got to release and at that point you've got to trust that my getting them on target that my teaching them and training them up in the way that they should go they will not depart from it but they will hit their target and dear God the earth may give the breed some breaths on their flight as they start flying through their life you know the earth and the corrupted world it may blow them to the left or to the right but I'm trusting that because I've taught them the ways and the, the moves of like in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 it says concerning spirit spiritual things. I would not have you ignorant. The word gifts is in italicized. It really says concerning spirituals, I would not have you ignorant. So as a part of my empowerment, I have empowered them to not be ignorant in spiritual things. And then all of a sudden, I release them and all of a sudden the world may blow them to the left or the right, but I believe and I trust in that I've taught them how to live. I trust that the Holy Ghost, the breath of the Holy Ghost will blow them right back on target. 
and it'll blow them and it'll guide them and right then and boom, they'll get to the end of their life and fulfill the destiny and calling on their life. This is what we're supposed to be. But we got to train them up. Now let me give you a word, parents. Hear this part. Hear this part. Deuteronomy, I'll go through this quickly. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Now this is to you, parents, employees. This is to you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you, you, parent, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Parent, you must love Him with everything. That means I lay down every part of me. I lay down every part of me. I lay down every part of me. And I love Him with everything. If I don't do that, I'm already off as a parent. That means I don't make excuses to not do the things of God. I look for ways I can do the things of God. I love Him with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then it says this, And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. You must commit yourself wholeheartedly. Parents, you've got to be wholeheartedly at this. Look, if if your kid sees that you're not wholehearted, what are they going to live? They're going to live the same way you did because you taught them that this is how it's okay with God. One of the best things I can ever tell you as parents is this, is that your kids are going to see God the way that you act. If you tell them we're going to go do one thing and then you don't do it, they're going to think God doesn't do that either. They're going to think that God breaks his word too. So you tell them, no, you do that again and you are going to bed early. You shouldn't say it unless you were serious about it. You shouldn't say it unless you were serious about it. And if they do it again, go to bed early. Uphold your word because they're going to view God the way they view you. Uphold your word because God does not mince words. He means what he says. If they see you not being wholehearted towards God, well, maybe I'll go do it or, you know, maybe I'll plant myself. Maybe I won't, you know, I'll just, you know, we'll go to church every now and then, every two or three weeks or whatever. Guess what they're going to do? The same thing. But God said, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. Let me just tell you something about finances. Uh, because this is important. I just feel the Lord saying this. Somebody, this is going to help somebody right here today. Many times people are believing God for finances. And about that time that they're believing God for something to go up or to increase, along comes a job, quote unquote, opportunity. But the only problem with that job opportunity is it'll take them out of the planting of the body that they're in. They'll, they believe, oh, well, this is what I was believing for. It must be it. It's not it. We've seen that time and time again. Don't fall for that trap. That's not it. You're not, God's not going to give you something that's going to cause him to break his word. Now you, I'm going to give you something, but it's going to take you out of the place where you're planted. No, that's not it. We're supposed to be so wholehearted that we make room for that. Well, look, look, boss. I've got to go. I've got to be there. I'm not making an excuse for it. I will be where God has planted me because I know you are not my source, boss. He is my source. And listen, as parents, if you don't understand that, then your kids are going to do the same thing that you do. 
Because they think that that's right. Why? Because you are a picture of God in their life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Repeat them again and again. So first, live it. Live these commands, but then repeat them to your children. Teach them. Listen to how he says repeat them. He says repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Parents, here's a word. Listen, God should be in your conversation every hour of the day. He ought to be being talked about all the time. Let's talk about God. He's our source. He's our supply. Remember in Joshua he said, meditate on my law, meditate on my word day and night and then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way successful. God should be on our heart and on our mind and on our mouth constantly. And if he, parents, if he's on your heart and your mind and your heart, he'll be on your kid's heart and their life will go well with them. Their life will be where it needs to be. It won't be, they won't be walking through getting all beat up. Will they be challenged? Yes. But in the middle of that challenge, they'll know what to do. They'll know how to act. Proverbs twenty two twenty six. train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. This does not say train up a child in the way that the world has taught you to train that child. It says the way he should go. He's talking about God, the things of the Lord, not being ignorant about spiritual things and about godly things, but training him up in this way. Proverbs 17, 6, grandchildren are the crowning glory of the age. Parents are the pride of their children. In other words, grandparents, you play a role too in these children, in your grandchildren. And your job is to help repeat these things. When we're dedicating today, we're not just talking to parents. We're talking to everybody. We're talking to everybody, every piece of the church, every piece of the family, grandparents, parents, church, family. Our job is to help. Help these kids be on target so that they can fulfill the task. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In other words, just because you're teaching them the things of God, don't push them to wrath over it. Don't push them to wrath. In other words, ask the Lord for wisdom on how to bring about these things without being harsh in it. Don't push him towards that wrath. You are stewards of God's children. What is dedication? What is a child dedication? It's not salvation or a guarantee that the child will choose God and his ways. A dedication isn't that. It's not salvation or a guarantee. What it is, a child dedication is a correct and great and godly beginning. It's a correct, biblical, great and godly beginning. In Luke chapter 2, on the eighth day, they took Jesus to the temple and they dedicated him. We're following the pattern of Christ that says, hey, let's go and let's dedicate this baby. Jesus himself was dedicated. And then after the dedication, they're going to go get the kids now. After the dedication, here comes Simeon and Anna. 
Simeon and Anna. They're going and they're getting the, uh, they're going to the temple. They're dedicating Jesus. And all of a sudden, these two prophets come up and they speak words over these children. So the dedication is a correct beginning. But it's a time for the Lord to speak over these kids and over their whole life. A child dedication is worship to God for the gift of children. Lord, thank you for giving us the gift. A child dedication is first and foremost, Lord, thank you for these children and these grandchildren. And we ought to all join our heart together. And even if you don't have kids yet, and when you learn how to celebrate with somebody else, that's when it breaks open in your life too. Lord, I'm celebrating that my neighbor has these children, that, that, that they're a gift. I'm celebrating that they have grandchildren. I'm praising you for bringing about life in that family. This, this is the heart we should all take this morning, a worship to God for the gift of the children. Two, it's an acknowledgement that God that it is God that gives every good and perfect gift. Lord, we acknowledge we wouldn't have these children without you. I'm acknowledging your part in it. I'm worshiping you, but I'm taking time also to acknowledge you in this. You play a role in children's lives. Yes. It's an acknowledgement that we are stewards of God's children. I recognize, Lord, that you have put these kids in our hands. But they are your kids. And I'm not going to treat them like they're only mine and mine alone. No, they're both of ours. But they are yours first. And I'm going to treat them like they're yours first. I'm going to live like they're yours. I'm going to teach them to live like they're yours. It's an acknowledgement of that. It's a prophecy over the child that they will fulfill God's plan. In other words, it's speaking words today that these children that are being dedicated, they will accomplish the plans of God in their life. And we will not see that wrecked. We will not see that destroyed. They will hit the target that God has in their life. Amen? They'll hit the target. And then lastly, it is, and hear this clearly because this is what we need to do. Choose. It's a choice and it's a commitment for the family and friends to raise up a child in godly thinking and godly ways. You see, a child dedication has less to do with the child's action and more to do with the parents and the family and the community, the spiritual family. It's really about us. A child dedication is really about us making the right choices to give that child a chance to hit the target of God. And we make a choice. And this is love. I'm going to love that child by choosing and committing to do the things necessary to keep them on track and on target and be successful in hitting the destiny and the plan that God has for them. We today as a spiritual family we're making a choice. We're choosing. That means it's a choice that goes on. I'm not going to forget it in a month. I'm not going to forget it in a year. No, I'm standing today and saying God's plan is the best plan for my child. God's plan is the best plan for these children. And I'm going to do what it takes to go after God with all my heart and to teach and to train and to empower that child to be who he's called to be or who she's called to be. Amen.